obvious choice to not be with this pimp. But when you have somebody telling you that they'll hurt your family or they'll hurt your kids or they'll hurt you, you kind of don't really think rationally like that where it's that easy to just get up and go. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Sanlei. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show. We're going to talk to real people who had real problems but found answers in a real God. We've been talking about how young, vulnerable girls can end up in prostitution and how that works. On our last show, we had Jamie Johnson share how she was sexually abused by her mom's boyfriend when she was younger and she grew up in a broken home. She shared how she was lured into prostitution through an abusive, manipulative relationship with a pimp that she didn't really understand the harm until it was too late. Today, she's going to share more about her experience as a prostitute and how she got set free from this lifestyle. Now, just you know, listener discretion is advised. This content is meant for mature audiences only. Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me again. Yes, Jamie. Thanks so much for being on the show with us. I am so glad you're not living this lifestyle anymore. But I'm wondering, how did that pimp initially get you into prostituting yourself for five to six years? Yeah, things just escalated very quickly. You know, like I mentioned, I was very naive, so I kind of just learned day by day. But I did learn very quickly because a lot of abuse surfaced pretty quickly. Uh It was just a huge brainwash and manipulation tactic, and I didn't understand what was going on until... Now, as I'm 27, looking back on things, and it just was pretty much whatever he said had to go. And I was scared of him, so mm-hmm. that's what happened. And basically, he just had his friends, who were also pimps, bring their girls to my house, since I was pretty much the only one that had a decent home. And he was just having people kind of come in and out, in and out, and I had to obviously get my kids out of that type of environment, so... It was just a lot of factors into trying to figure out how I got myself where I was and then also trying to think about what was best for my kids. And to some people, it's really obvious. Well, the obvious choice to not be with this pimp. But as in any type of abusive relationship, the devil really has holds on you, whether it's emotionally, mentally, physically, whatever that looks like. I think that that was a huge factor Some people look from the outside and, you know, say, it's easy, just leave, call the police, whatever it is. But when you have somebody telling you that they'll hurt your family or they'll hurt your kids or that they'll hurt you, you kind of don't really think rationally like that, where it's that easy to just get up and go. Oh my gosh, that is horrible. That is serious control and manipulation and even coercion. So bad. So during this time, I understand you signed custody over to your mom and, you know, you're with this man. And did you always know it was such a coercive, abusive relationship? What kept you there to be doing this to yourself for that many years? 
Yeah, at first he was very finesse. Like, he was very, you know, he was sweet. He told me what he did, but I, again, didn't really understand what that meant. He basically told me I was his number one girl, and we were just going to use whoever else came along in the meantime. At the end, we would be married, and we would be a happy family, and, you know, painted kind of a fairy tale picture for me. And me being so naive... And also financially, I think that's what was my biggest pull initially was the finance part of it. And I wanted to be able to feed my kids, first of all, and the nicer things in life sound good. I mean, someone's promising you, well, all you have to do is do this and I'll buy you anything that you want to be bought or I'll take you here, I'll take you there. It kind of starts to play in your mind how things can be. And when that ends up not being the reality, you're already so deep into it that you don't really know how to dig yourself out of the hole that you're already in. Mm. But I definitely think that the financial part was a huge pull at first. And then I felt like he did love me. I mean, I felt like I was married, so maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And basically, the more money I made, the more he acted like he loved me. So it was kind of a sick and twisted kind of game, I guess, that was going on. Wow. That is so sad how he used love to manipulate you and to control you. I understand that he kept all the money and in exchange gave you just a bunch of promises. Is that right? Oh, yeah. He kept everything along with my ID and my clothes and my cell phones and everything was very restricted. I had to ask to even eat during the day. I had to ask to call my parents. I had to ask to call my kids. If I was allowed to, then it was monitored. It had to be on speakerphone. Uh, I wasn't allowed to really tell anyone where I was at. Just a lot of different factors. Very, very, if you can think of an abusive relationship and a controlling relationship, times a thousand pretty much is what that was. That sounds horrible. I also understand that he used drugs to control you. Can you tell us about that? I mean, I had drank alcohol before, and I had smoked marijuana. I had taken pills before, but not to an extreme extent. But he introduced me to cocaine, and the initial time, it was forced. I mean, literally forced. He's, like, stuck my head in the drugs to the point where I finally had to breathe. And when I inhaled them, it was like a trigger, and it made me feel better automatically. It just, I mean, the devil, like, literally used that as a pathway. He's like, all right, great. He was like celebrating because he knew that my mind, where it was at that time, that was going to be his key to control me. And that's exactly what happened because it made me feel better. It it numbed me, but it also opened me up to be okay with what I was doing. Mm, So I understand that the way you got out was an intervention from God, which is so cool. Tell us about what happened. Yeah, this is after I had been away from any type of pimp for a, a long time. I had had numerous pimps throughout my experience in prostitution, and I just decided that I wanted out. I wanted away. I wanted to go, so I ran home to California to be back into a normal pace of society, but I definitely found that outside of the pimps, the devil was hard at work in me, and he put the lie into my head that I wasn't a part of society, that I wasn't normal anymore, that I would never be normal, that I would never be anything but what I was at that point, which was a prostitute. And so I was back home and I was still posting ads on the internet. So I was doing out calls here and there. And I just had one night where I pulled up to the guy's house and I was getting myself ready like I normally do. And 
I just felt different. I, I don't really know how to explain it. I just felt like I was on the edge of breaking down. And when I reached yeah. for the door, my hand slipped off the door. So I didn't open it the first time. And then I just kind of got like a paralyzing feeling like over my body. And I just started crying and I just started breaking down. And for the first time I ever experienced, I prayed out loud and I just kind of cried out to God and just asked him, you know, to show me something different, to show me to do better for my kids, to do better for myself, and wow. to just surrender to him. And just I just begged him to take over my life because I obviously didn't know how to control it or how to guide it in the way that it needed to be guided. And so I started my car, and I drove really, really fast down to the beach, and I got out, and I just knelt in the sand, and I just stayed there for about an hour and a half and just prayed and cried. And that was the last time that I ever tried to be in that lifestyle. And ever since then, I've been faithfully going to church, been baptized, and just uh -huh. been trying to do my best to live how God wants me to live. Hmm. This is so amazing, Jamie. God is good. It is amazing because you didn't have a Christian background, but you discovered the power of Christ and the ability to break free from all the drugs, the prostitution. This is amazing. And on top of that, I understand you're working against sex trafficking and you are ministering to others who have lived through a similar lifestyle such as yours. Jamie, praise God for what God has done in your life. Thanks so much. Thank you. God bless. Hang on. Let's talk more about why God could use your past to change your future or someone else's right after the break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, some of you $25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to AwakeningTheNations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? What really stood out to me is that fear is what kept Jamie in this oppressed state with a pimp that she fell in love with. I mean, he was so good at using these lies and deception that he was able to convince her that if she did enough, he would one day marry her and then it would be just them. Now, the other girls were just to be used, right? And then, you know, for her, it was the real dream. Now, it never once occurred to her that he was probably telling the other girls the same thing. See, that's how deception works. And man, that is pretty bad. I'm sorry, this is wickedness. Now, I'm not condemning the pimp, okay? That is our government's job. <laughs> but I'm condemning these actions. Anyone who does these things have given themselves over to the power of the evil one, like we talked about in our last show. However, what really is a power of all of this is the fear Jamie felt. Fear of her pimp. Fear of not having enough to provide for her children. Fear of him beating her up if she doesn't do what he wants. There weren't physical chains on her. They were emotional and spiritual chains. But I think we can all relate on some level. 
that we can all fall into some sort of oppression like this if we have fear in our life. And if we make decisions out of fear rather than faith, well, this is what can happen. It can happen to anyone. I'm sure you can identify some areas in your life where there are fears that are motivating of why you do certain things. Am I right? Now, how does one get set free from all this? Ancient scripture says this in 1 John 4, 17 through 19. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. As it is written again, also in this other scripture, Psalms 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. According to ancient scripture, there's power and faith in Jesus Christ because only he is the true love and can bring that into our lives. So we come to a point where it can be very difficult to oppress us. See, oppression comes when fear is the leader and motivator of our lives. Friend, Jesus loves you. He's the very essence of love. The love that Jamie was looking for her whole entire life and she's found it. What about you? What's motivating you today? Father God, we come to you right now. And if there's someone who's saying, gosh, fear is driving me. Lord Jesus, we welcome you into our lives. We call upon you and we turn to you in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you are blessed by this testimony. And I know that your life was touched. If you need prayer, please give us a call at 877-480-4477. That's 877-480-4477. See you next time.